What is it like to age well in the Garden State, where nearly a quarter of residents are over 60 years old? Are you one of them? Join New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well to discuss the ups and downs of aging in New Jersey. In this podcast series, we tap into our network of leading experts to provide a fresh look into the key issues affecting the state's older population and their families, including finances, housing, health, and security. Each half-hour episode details professional insight into how you can maximize the joy, minimize the challenges, and capitalize on the opportunities that aging in the Garden State offers. Four years ago, a new contagious disease was identified, Coronavirus Disease 2019, what we call COVID-19. Join us today to talk about where we stand today against this disease and the newest vaccine to fight it. Hello and welcome to Aging Insights. I'm Kathy Rowe, Executive Director of New Jersey for Advocates for Aging Well. Today, I am thrilled to have Dr. Meg Fisher to talk about COVID and the new vaccine. Dr. Meg Fisher is a special advisor to New Jersey's Commissioner of Health and also served as Acting Deputy Commissioner from September 2022 through this past June. So thank you for joining us today. First, I wanna point out to our viewers that we are in the studio and you're wearing a mask and we're sitting at the far side of the table, more than six feet apart. We're still taking precautions because COVID-19 is not gone, is it? It certainly isn't gone. Unfortunately, last week um, I tested positive for COVID-19. I was traveling and before I traveled, I, was, um, I always test to make sure that I'm not gonna expose anyone inadvertently. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I turned up positive. Okay. It was a home test. So the first thing I did was I said, that can't be right. Let's get a different home test. Okay. But I was definitely positive. Okay. So I called my physician. I started Plaxlovid and I actually did very well, have had very few symptoms. Mm -hmm. So on after day five, I was able to come out of isolation and see my family, but I'm still wearing the mask for an additional five days because we know that there may be a little virus shed in that mm -hmm. time, and I wanna be sure that I'm protecting anyone that I'm close to. Okay. Um, can we look back on the path and the impact of COVID-19 in the past four years and, and where we are today compared to where we started? We sure can, and it was unbelievable, mm -hmm. an unbelievable journey. Yeah. So what we, what we started with in 2020 we had a new disease. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how the virus was spread. We didn't know for sure how to diagnose it. And we certainly had no specific treatment. Right. So we were learning mm -hmm. literally every day by day. Okay. More things were becoming uh, clear. The first thing we, we developed were, um, not we, but the first things that were developed mm -hmm. were tests. Tests to be able to make the diagnosis, to identify the virus. And then we started to learn how it got from person to person. Okay. We learned that it did go through the air, through these respiratory droplets. Mm -hmm. Now what those are, is those are those little spit particles you make when you're right. talking or when you're singing or when you're shouting. Mm -hmm. And those generally go through the air and drop to the ground mm -hmm. within about three to six feet. Right. And that's where the six feet came from. Okay. We also learned that on rare occasions, it can be truly airborne. There can be smaller particles that stay in the air and go longer distances and cause super spreader events. Okay. But those are the unusual things. Usually it's the droplets. 
we learned that masks are effective mm -hmm. in two ways. If you have the virus and you're talking and making those droplets, the droplets get caught in the mask. Mm. If you don't have the virus and you're breathing in through the mask, you're filtering out the virus. Okay. The other thing the mask does is it keeps your hands out of your mouth and out of your nose. Oh, true. And if you wear glasses, it keeps your fingers out of your eyes. Right. And those are ways in which you may pick up germs mm -hmm. and put them into yourself. Right, any germs, not just the COVID germs, Not just germs, COVID, any germs, influenza, right. respiratory syncytial virus, right. a variety of other germs. Okay. So we learned that about how COVID got along. Then we also learned that it was mainly the adults who were the best transmitters of this virus. It right. wasn't the little kids that okay. were spreading it around. It was the adults giving it to the younger children. Okay. Then we learned that if you had other underlying problems, and this makes sense because it's true of all diseases, mm -hmm. if you have underlying conditions, you get a lot sicker. Mm -hmm. You're much more likely to end up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult during that first wave of COVID in, in uh, March of 2020, right. when it hit New York and New Jersey, the mm -hmm. first in the, in the US to yeah. really have um, pandemic disease. And we didn't have, we didn't know what the best treatment was. Right. So since then, over the course of these last three years, we've had the development of medicines, antiviral medicines, so mm -hmm. medicines that work specifically against COVID-19, remdesivir, Plaxlovid, Mupiracil. Um, uh, so we've had a whole variety of medicines we can use. Okay. We also know that with this infection, your response, your immune response, can actually cause more damage than help. So we now okay. know how better to use steroids and other medicines to dampen that immune response. Okay. So we kill the virus, dampen the response, and we have much better outcome. People do much better, even if they end up being hospitalized or in intensive care. Mm -hmm. But the virus isn't gone. Very quickly, we realized that this virus mutates Mm -hmm. Very, very yes. quickly. And those were, we heard, the Omicron, the Delta variant, that we, we, there were every few months there was a new variant going out. Is that exactly. typical for a virus? So viruses, yes, all viruses mutate, but mm -hmm. not as quickly as okay. COVID-19. So normally it takes months to years. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is literally sending out new variants, you know, week by week. Okay. So that makes a difference because those new variants are likely to be a little more contagious. It's okay. whatever gives the virus a little bit of an advantage. And often, those new variants can escape our immune systems. Okay. So you thought everything was good, you know, yeah. you, you, you're all set because maybe you had it at the beginning of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but now it's a different virus that's in the air. Okay. And it still can make you sick. So what is it exactly about COVID-19 that, that makes it so virulent and how is it different from other viruses? So the first thing is this was a novel virus. This virus had not been circulating, as far as we can tell, mm -hmm. ever before. Okay. So no one in the entire world was immune. Okay. The other thing is sometimes infections that you have with one virus protect you from another. Right, right. Not in this case. This okay. was completely, completely separate. So the whole world was susceptible to this virus, mm -hmm. which allowed it to spread very quickly. And you'll remember the first outbreak in China came at the Chinese New Year, mm -hmm. when people were traveling. It's a custom that right. people go home to, their, uh -huh. to wherever they grew up and then they go back. So that was 
the unfortunate unfortunately the perfect storm for the virus to be to start in one location and go out broadly right. okay and then every place it went it continued to be spread throughout the world okay the other thing about this virus is that the virus causes you harm and your immune response to the virus mm -hmm. causes you harm and, and it took us a while to figure out okay. exactly how to handle those things. So can you talk a little bit about the immune response and what you mean by that? Because, um, you know, some people might be confused on, is it, is it the virus making me sick or the, my own immune response? Can you just explain that a little bit more? Sure. So our immune response is what our body does to try to fight off whatever germ it is, whether right. it's COVID-19 or the flu or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you're faced with. And most of the time, that immune response is exactly what we need. Right. We need our body to make the virus go away and to make us feel better. But one of the side effects of that immune response is you don't feel very good right. when you're fighting off the virus. Now that probably has a good, uh, a good thing about it. It's a, there's a silver lining. If you don't feel well, you stay home and you stay in bed mm -hmm. and you don't expose other people. So there is a good reason for that immune response to okay. make you, you know, settle down and calm down and get better before you go back out into the world. For some infections, the immune response does just what it's supposed to. It takes care of whatever, the, whether it's a bacteria or fungus, whatever it is, and you're good to go. For other times, it's the immune response, which is really part of the problem. Okay. And for COVID-19, that is very true. You may have heard about COVID-19 seems to trigger autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Autoimmune disease is auto means your own. Yeah. So your own immune system, instead of acting against whatever was coming in, mm -hmm. is acting against yourself. How do you think New Jersey did compared to other states? So the first dose we came, gave was to a nurse in December mm -hmm. of uh, 2019. Or no, I'm sorry, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we rolled it out to the rest of the population. Yeah. And the Commissioner of Health set a, a goal that we wanted to, within six months, we wanted to immunize 70% of the people who lived in New Jersey. All right, how do we do? And most people said, oh, can't be done. Not only did we do it, but we did it before yeah. this, yeah. the uh, six months. Wow. So we did, we did very well at getting vaccine out there. We did. We used lots of different methods to try to get it out there. So um, overall, what percentage of older adults got vaccinated and the boosters? Um, the information that I saw was up to 96% of our residents over 65. So it was closer to 100% of people 65 and older okay. got that initial vaccine. Remember, the initial vaccine was two shots yes. of Pfizer and Moderna yes. or a single shot of J&J. &J. Right. So we got, we were 99% of people 65 and older. Okay, that's incredible. We never incredible. got quite as high in the younger people, but this was important because we knew these were the at-risk people. Mm -hmm. We knew if we look at who died in New Jersey, mm -hmm. the deaths were primarily in people 65 and older. Yeah. And by primarily, we're talking 90%. So getting those older people immunized was a very, very important and critical yeah. Uh, role to get yeah. in. So we did very well there. As far as the boosters go, not as well. We got about 40-45% of people six, 65 and older got the booster dose. Now remember, as we went through the pandemic, a lot of people also got natural disease. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So so more and more people were becoming immune either from the vaccine or disease oh, or both. Okay. All right, so, so that would now, stop the, that would slow down the that spread. That would slow down the spread or at least keep you out of the hospital and and keep you um, healthier. Okay. Or, or less likely to get severely ill. Okay. So we would we um, we still though are seeing disease now as you know as I experienced myself. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want people to get this new vaccine that we have for 2023-2024. Okay. Now, this, this is a new vaccine. This isn't a booster, and it's not tied to the other ones, the original ones. So can you um, take us through the evolution of the vaccines, like the very first, and then, and then boosters, and how is this different from other vaccines? Absolutely. So the very first vaccine that was authorized for use was the Pfizer vaccine, mm -hmm. and that's the technology, the messenger RNA vaccine. Mm -hmm. So that's a relatively new technology that many people hadn't heard of, mm -hmm. but they had actually been working on it for decades. Okay. So that vaccine, in that case, messenger RNA is a code. It tells you how to make a protein. So it tells your cells, it educates your cells, here's the protein I mm -hmm. want you to make. So in order to, for Pfizer to make the vaccine, they took that code, mm -hmm. they put it into a little bit of fat, and then they made that into the vaccine. All right. What the little bit of fat does, it is allows that messenger RNA to get into your cells. When it's in the cells, the cells say, oh, there's a code here, we have to read it. Yeah. They read it, they make the protein, which is the, the protein that's on the outside of the, of the virus, mm -hmm. and then, your body says, wait a minute, that's not a human protein. I need to make an immune response against that protein. So your body makes a response mm -hmm. so that you're protected from that protein. And then when you run into the virus later on, your nose or your wherever the virus hits you yeah. says, wait a minute, this is spike protein, this is foreign protein. We know how to handle this. Okay. And your immune response takes care of the virus okay. or beats it down. Okay. So soon after Pfizer was authorized, the Moderna vaccine came out with another messenger RNA vaccine. Right. Not exactly the same, but the same technology. Okay. So that was in December of 2020. We had right. first Pfizer, then Moderna. Then a few months later, we had the J&J &J vaccine. Mm -hmm. And the newest vaccine on the, in the market is the Novavax vaccine. Okay. And in that case, they, they use the code Mm -hmm. but they don't put it into your body. They put it into some moth cells, okay. and the moth cells make the spike protein. Okay. And then they take the spike protein, they put in a little blob of fat, mm -hmm. they put an adjuvant with it, and an adjuvant is just a substance that makes your immune system work better. And they, you inject that then, the, the, the fat allows the spike protein to get into the cells, the cells say, wait a minute, spike protein, you don't belong. Right. And you make that immune response. Okay. So now we have all of these vaccines. Mm -hmm. It turns out that there were some um, pretty significant side effects, very rare, but significant side effects from the J&J &J vaccine. Yeah, I remember that. So that, that vaccine is no longer used. Mm -hmm. So there are new vaccines coming, but right now we have ones that are very good, very uh, helpful. They don't totally prevent disease but they keep you out of the hospital and they keep you um, from needing to have mm -hmm. a ventilator and ICU. Okay, and, and I think that's important to emphasize where vaccines aren't 100% effective 
But if you do get exposed and you get sick, you will be less sick and it eliminates severe illness. Exactly right. Where do you think the misinformation came from? And then how do people tell the difference? Where do you, how do you know what the uh, good source is for your information? Sure. So for me, there's misinformation mm -hmm. and then there's disinformation. Okay. So misinformation is a misunderstanding. Okay. You don't real. you think, oh, DNA, RNA, this is genetic material. This right. is going to alter my body cells. Right. Okay. That's misunderstanding, misinformation. Okay. Then there's disinformation. Okay. Disinformation is meant to confuse people. Mm. It's meant to take away their trust in mm. science. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of disinformation. There have been a lot of campaigns to really make people be afraid of these vaccines. Mm -hmm. They've been told that the vaccines are going to, to um, harm their ability to have children. Right. They've been told all kinds of stuff that yeah. is just, just it's wrong. It's not, and it's not, I don't believe it's misunderstanding. It's really meant to unfortunately hurt those people yeah. because they will no longer trust science. Right. So how does a person know if they're getting right information or wrong information? Well, one of the things is where are you getting the information exactly. from? Yep. What's the source? How reliable is that source? Mm -hmm. So for me, I believe in science. I do too. <laughs> so I want it to be a scientific source. Right, right. So my go-to are scientific, um, the scientific literature, mm -hmm. and then websites that have information that's updated quickly and that's changed because mm -hmm. we don't always get it right in science. Mm -hmm. You know, we certainly didn't always get it right with COVID. So you, you would say one thing one week, and then you'd change the rules the next week. Right. And people thought, oh, they must have lied. They were lying to me in the first place. Right. No, we, we learned something new. We learned something new. New, new evidence came about that we, that we learned from. Exactly. And we wanted to put that new information into, into what we were mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. So originally, you know, some people said masks don't work. Don't wear masks. Then we realized... Actually, masks work very well. They yeah. do what they're supposed to do. So they're important in, right, right. in, in uh, protecting people against the virus. Yeah. So that's the spread of mis- and disinformation. Yeah. My go-to uh, sites are the New Jersey Department of Health website, okay. the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website, mm -hmm. and then I'm a pediatrician. Okay. So of course, I go to the American Academy of Pediatrics has a, a website. Okay. All of those websites are updated literally mm -hmm. Um, daily in some cases, mm -hmm. or at least weekly. So the information doesn't get stale, it doesn't get old, and right. the, mis the, the information that's no longer the most accurate is removed. Okay. So, you know, if, if you took a snapshot of what was on the CDC website in 2020 versus now, mm -hmm. it's much different. Right. Because we know a whole lot more now. Right, right. We're learning as we go. Exactly. We're still learning. And I think a lot of um, large medical groups and hospital systems in New Jersey still have up information from COVID. So if people are leery or don't know where to go, if they trust their physician, go to their physician's website, go to the medical practice website. You can find more local or you know, providers that you know and trust and, and listen to them. Absolutely. Um, and, and I would say that's really important. I, I know sometimes people are, are skeptical about the medical profession in general, but most people are very trustworthy, trust their own doctor. Right. So go to your own physician or nurse practitioner right. or wherever you go to get your health care and ask them, talk to them about these things. Right. And you will get you'll get the best information.
So the vaccine we have now, this isn't a booster. It's not tied to the other ones. This is a new vaccine. So why is this better? And how is it different? Why is this better? Okay. So the new vaccine that we have is geared against the strains of COVID-19 that are circulating right now. Okay. So we, we talked about the variants and the mutation yeah. and different things are gonna circulate at different times. So that very first strain of COVID-19 is no longer around. Okay. So we don't want that in our vaccine because we don't need it. We don't it. need it, okay. So now we take the best guess of what we think is gonna be circulating, just like we do with the flu. Okay. Pick the best guess and make a vaccine against that. And the really good news is the 2023-2024 COVID vaccine mm -hmm. was developed to fight off the XBB variant. Okay. And it turns out that all the variants that are circulating right now, they aren't still XBB, but they're all in the same, the same type. Okay. And we've shown that your response to the vaccine works against all of the current circulating strains. Okay. So if, you're, if you have one or if you're exposed to multiple ones, it will work on all of them. Exactly. So is this gonna be the final vaccine that we need for COVID? Or will uh, this be like the flu shot where it changes a little bit every year? Um, do we know? Well, we know that COVID continues to mutate. So mm -hmm. there are new variants all the time. So it is anticipated that we will need a new shot okay. as new variants take over. Okay. Now, you know, it's possible one of those new variants will no longer make you sick. In that case, we won't need a vaccine anymore. Right. But more likely, it'll be more like influenza, okay. where we, we may need a different one every year. Okay. Or every couple of years. So then, and what do we say to people that think because they had the vaccine or the booster, or maybe even they had COVID? So, you know, I think there's maybe a little vaccine fatigue. They're like, I'm good. I've had these others. You're saying that this new vaccine covers the newer strains. So... Exactly. They can't rely on the old booster and the old vaccine to protect them this year. Right. Okay. So I say it's just like the flu. Mm -hmm. You need a new flu shot each year because the flu changes yeah. from year to year. Yeah. And also your response drops over time. So we know that if you were vaccinated six months ago, the protection from that vaccine is not so great after four All or five right. months. So what we want to do is get vaccinated now to protect us through this winter surge. Okay. And, and I have no doubt that the reason I didn't get very sick when I got COVID-19 was because I had received the 2023-2024 okay. vaccine. So it worked. It worked. So um, let's talk a little bit about other vaccines that are important for older adults. Um, you know, the ones that we've been hearing about recently, and I don't remember hearing this before as a risk to older adults, is RSV. That's something that I first heard on when I was taking my six month old to the pediatrician. And now we're talking about it for older people and it affecting them. Why is this a concern now for older adults? Sure. So RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. And it's named that because when the virus grows in cells, it makes the cells form a syncytium. They stick together. Okay. So that's, so, but RSV is a lot easier to say than respiratory syncytial yeah. virus. <laughs> so what we know is RSV is most uh, severe in younger children because they have very small airways. Okay. And what RSV does is it gets into your tiny airways and it causes swelling of the lining of those airways. Okay. So that you can get air in, but you can't get air out. Okay. So for people who have asthma, right. 
it like causes wheezing. Okay. And actually, one of the RSV is a major trigger of asthma. So right. for people with asthma, when they get RSV, they often have a, an exacerbation of their asthma. Okay. They get an asthma attack. For people who never had asthma, they still wheeze. So mm -hmm. that is part of this virus. All right. Now, as you get bigger and your airways get bigger, it doesn't cause as much trouble. So it's major disease for children under six months of age, mm -hmm. but then it's also a problem if you have underlying lung disease or underlying heart disease. Okay. And in that case, so older people who have underlying lung disease or people with asthma, RSV is going to be trouble for them. Okay. Also, if your immune system doesn't work so well. Right. So if you have an organ transplant, if you're on cancer medicine to, to uh, to get rid of your cancer, that also affects your mm -hmm. immune system, and you may get very, very sick from RSV. And instead of it staying up in your nose and just causing a little common cold, mm -hmm. it may get down into your lungs okay. and cause pneumonia. Okay, and that could result in a hospitalization and a longer sickness yes. or severe, severe illness. Yes, okay. exactly. And some of the other um, vaccines for older adults um, that we recommend are still the annual flu shots. We said it changes every year. Um, anything else that you want to mention that's important? Sure. So, so right now I would say go out and get that COVID 2023-2024 mm -hmm. uh, vaccine if you haven't yet. Right. Get your flu shot because we don't have much flu in New Jersey right now, but we anticipate by uh, December, yeah. end of November, it's, you know, we should see our usual uh, winter peak. Mm -hmm. And then if you're older, talk to your doctor about whether or not you should get the RSV vaccine mm -hmm. or if you're pregnant talk to your doctor about getting the RSV vaccine. Okay. Um, for, for other vaccines for, for older adults, we definitely want to make sure that you're protected against pneumonia. Mm -hmm. So the pneumococcal vaccine, and there's a new one now, it's called PCV20. Okay. So if you're 65 and older, you should make sure, talk, talk to your healthcare person, see if you need to get the pneumococcal vaccine if you haven't had it yet. Okay. And then shingles is a very, very um, bad disease. Right. We it, hear a lot more about that. Yes. It, shingles is caused by the chickenpox virus. Right. And when you're a little kid and you got chickenpox, as many of us did, yeah. my age, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have the vaccine then. Right. So we didn't get the vaccine until 95. So if you were born before 95, mm -hmm. you probably got chick natural chickenpox. And what happens is the virus was on your skin and it goes to your nerve cells. Okay. And it just sits there and relaxes and you know, right. goes along as you age. And then suddenly, for unclear reasons, um, it gets reactivated, it wakes up. Okay. And then it comes back out to the skin and causes uh, what we know of as zoster. Zoster yeah. begins with, with tingling and itching, and then the pain is what is debilitating about zoster. Right. So, we don't want anyone to have to suffer with zoster. Right. So we can prevent that with the new zoster vaccine. Okay. So it's a two-dose vaccine, and it's recommended for everybody 50 and older. Mm -hmm. Now, some people might have had the older uh, zoster vaccine. Even if okay. you had that older one, the newer one is more effective. So you should go, go ahead and get the new one. Okay. So zoster vaccine for everyone. Yeah. Hepatitis B vaccine is also important for for uh, people who have any kind of underlying uh, disease. Mm -hmm. And also now it's being recommended for people 65 and older who want to protect themselves. Okay. Um, hepatitis A vaccine, if you're traveling, is okay. uh, one that you want to have. And then you should really 
talk to your doctor, go over all the vaccines that you had in your life and see if there's anything you missed right. when you were right. younger. You know, there was just recently polio in New York City. I, I remember that. It was, picked up in the, it was picked up in the wastewater. It's also been in the wastewater, but there was actually a, 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 a young adult mm -hmm. who got paralytic polio. He was paralyzed, okay? And he, you know, will stay paralyzed or weak. Right. And, and that's something we haven't heard of polio in right. years and decades for some people. And we thought we could eliminate it from the world. We've never eliminated it from Pakistan or Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And now we know it's in the wastewater, not only in New York City, but in London, in Israel, and in very mm -hmm. many places through the world. So it's so out there. So for people who somehow didn't get vaccinated when they were young, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're now an adult and you haven't gotten polio vaccine, you should really check and make sure and go ahead okay. and get the, get the vaccine. Okay, all right. So I think I am vaccinated against everything except the RSV virus, and I have a doctor's appointment next week. I will ask her about it. Perfect. But um, how about you? Are you up to date on all your, all your vaccines? I am. I all am, right. in fact. And I did get my RSV vaccine. I spoke to my uh, doctor and said, what do you think? It wasn't a very long discussion. I said, I think I should probably get this, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my doctor agreed, so I got the uh, RSV vaccine. I've gotten my flu shot this year. I've gotten the updated COVID vaccine. Okay. And I had my zoster vaccine in the past. Okay. Older people do remember. They remember polio, they remember measles, they remember what it was like before we had vaccines. And I think that's why we had such a great positive reaction from our older New Jersey residents who were you know, first in line to get the COVID vaccine and hopefully will still, will get the new one, will stay up to date on their, on their vaccines and immunization and, and really get the benefits of that to live a, a longer, healthier life. I hope so. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been very informative, and we will put um, the links and information that you shared. We're going to put that on our website. So thank you for joining us today. To watch this and other episodes of Aging Insights, check your local listings or go to our website, njaaw.org. Aging Insights is also available on your favorite podcast app, and it's brought to you by our supporters, funders, and viewers like you. Visit our website for listings of services and information specifically for New Jersey's older adults. 